Hi, and welcome to Humans of Van Life. This episode, we have Austin in the studio, and he's going to start us off with a beautiful song. It's me. Yeah, I've been thinking for a long, long while. Got this feeling there's something that I'm needing, and I think I can't sit around and watch the world just a turning. There's so much to be learning, and I feel this drive inside that makes me feel I'm losing my mind. I wanna climb the mountainside at night. The wilderness in my life. I think it's time I go into the Changing a reminder that the time is a ticking Brother, I've been sick and I need To find a way to sail across the sea South Atlantic Brother, please don't panic Cause sometimes I feel trapped inside The city with all the buildings and the lights Man needs to breathe among Pines and feel the wilderness in his life. So I'm going to the wild. Each other since you moved back to Vienna. I've got so much to tell you, and I think I finally found a way to pick the dreams of my youth and to make them all come true. And I say, when I see the southern skies and the forces of nature intertwined, I finally see world through my own eyes Yeah, this could be the trip of my life Cause I was born for the wild I feel like that just like totally pulls you into like your body and like your elements. Yeah. Like I just feel like that like sets the tone for you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 written about Alexander von Humboldt, but it's mm-hmm. it's very much you know the things that I resonate with him are 
are this lust for adventure and this desire to see the world and mm -hmm. experience it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Welcome back to Humans of Van Life. I'm so glad you are here again tuning in. I am still in BV, Colorado. <laughs> yes, I have not left as I love this place. And today I'm sitting with my friend Austin at this campsite that we've been at now for... Well, how long have you been here for? I've been here four nights. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, I think we've been here for eight or nine nights now. <laughs> Which is awesome. Um, so I met Austin, I guess, two weeks ago now at a Be Hippie event in Denver. Yep. And we actually had a mutual friend or acquaintance in common, which is cool, from back in Vancouver Island where I'm from. And then we just kind of met each other, talked a little bit, and then you rolled up to this campsite and we've been able to connect more, which is so awesome. Yeah, it's been really great. And I lured you into my little van to do this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> So why don't we start off by uh, sharing what you, or the van you have. Yeah, so my van is very unique. Mm -hmm. It's a 1987 Mercedes 310. It's a T1 transporter van, so like kind of the original sprinter, if you will. But what's unique about it is it used to be a fire truck in Germany. So I lived in Germany for three years in Berlin, and I was looking for a bit of a adventure mobile, and... Just looking at old Westies and stuff, but they were all super expensive and needed a lot of work mm -hmm. and had, you know, 400,000 kilometers on them. And somehow along the way, I found that you could buy old fire trucks. I mean, it's a van, but it's an old fire truck van. So, and they were cheap, low mi like low mileage, uh, well maintained, and it's an old Mercedes engine that's going to last for a long time. So, I bought this this van there. It's from the town of Duderstadt which is kind of right in the middle of Germany. It um, it was kind of right on the border of east-west Germany, but in western German side. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so it still has the sirens and the blue lights, and I uh, took all the old racks and cabinets and stuff out of it that held all the firefighting equipment and, and built myself a nice little camper inside. <laughs> it's so rad. Like, I feel like everybody, like, it obviously is so distinct. It sticks out because it's so unique, and everybody just loves it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's so good. It, it really brings some good vibes. Driving down the street, you just see people get so excited about it and mm. point and smile and, and get a lot of comments, which which is fun. So cool. So did you ship it in a shipping container? You must have had to. Uh, no. So there are a, a bunch of companies that do, it's called Roll On, Roll Off. So mm. um, I arranged through some company and I just drove it to the port in Hamburg and I, it was great. I loaded all my stuff in the back. I don't know if you're actually supposed to do that or not. But all the stuff I had with me in Germany, like um, some guitars and my banjo and my bicycle and a bunch of other random things, just put it in the back, locked it up, and drove it to the port. And then I picked it up in Baltimore about three weeks three weeks later. Yeah. Holy crow. And yeah. so they just took care of the rest for you? Yeah. So you, you drive there, leave the keys, they just drive it on the ship, strap it down, mm. and then when it gets to the right port, they just drive it off. It's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah huh. it's super easy. You can put it in like shipping containers as well, mm. but that's a bit more expensive and, and honestly a bit overkill for, mm -hmm. for just a van. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So when did you get this over here? Like how many years ago was that? That was a little over a year ago, so that was, um, let's see, 
my 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 band's name is Bob. Okay. <laughs> um, largely because when I had it in Germany, you had uh, the German license plate. The first letter or first two letters is the city in which you register it. So it was B for Berlin. Uh huh. And you can actually find some customization. You have to have like a few letters and numbers, but I was able to find Bob and some numbers afterwards. So. So, so my van was named. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I shipped Bob over uh, the end of May 2018. Mm. And I came back to the U.S. on June 1st. Mm. And uh, spent some time at my folks' place in Maryland. And then left in early July. So just about a year ago, actually. Left on a big journey. And did when you did... So the house you live in now in Denver, right? Yeah. Did you have that? Or did you get that when you came back from Germany? Uh, like, how did that manifest? Yeah, so that's also an interesting story. So mm-hmm. I, tra- I traveled around, left my parents' place in, you know, I said early July mm-hmm. of last year, and um, spent a lot of time mostly in the Northwest, but also Montana and, and some of Canada. Traveling well. in this van? Traveling in this van. Okay. And a lot of it caravanning, actually with a friend of mine who I knew from Berlin, but he's Canadian, and he kind of just coincidentally was back in Canada and built out a camper and we we had the it was really great we had a chance to to travel around for six weeks I think mm. it, and for him I think it was such a therapeutic thing mm. I mean, really for both of us but um, I ended up in Denver because at some point I wasn't working during this whole time and so I was I was looking for jobs trying to find jobs and mm. I work in like data analysis data science and um, statistical modeling and stuff like that so <laughs> um, I was looking for jobs mostly on the West Coast and, and was actually struggling for a while and I started thinking, you know, I, I had this desire to live by the ocean. And mm-hmm. I haven't lived by the ocean in so long and and um, and so that was kind of my desire. And then I realized through this, this like six, seven months of travel that I spent a lot of time in the mountains. And when I was really young, I lived in the mountains and I hadn't really spent so much time really living in the mountains. And it gives you just a sense of adventure mm-hmm. that I started thinking, okay, where where else would I like to be? And, and Denver came up as an obvious choice, you know, good, good options for jobs, but also, you know, exploration is at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. So, so I ended up in Denver, um, in early January, got a job working at the national renewable energy lab. So not only do, I mean, I'm, I'm working full time now, but at least I'm like, you know, while it, it's kind of sucks to not be out on the road, at least I'm, doing stuff that I think really makes a difference and mm. is really makes me feel really good about the, the time I spend in an office a lot of time during mm-hmm. the week. <laughs> Which is so important. Yeah. That's so awesome to be able to have that feeling because mm-hmm. it obviously fuels you to show up to the office every day. For sure. And did you consider living in your van in Denver or? I did. Okay. Um, so actually my original plan was, was hey, like, um, you know, I haven't been working for several months. I'll just live in the van and save some money and, you know, uh, get rid of my debt. The problem was, I don't know if you've <laughs> followed the weather or not in, in Colorado this year, but it was super cold and wet and snowy. And, um, while my van is insulated, mm-hmm. um, it, I think, uh, it was going to be a bit rough of a winter to live in the city. And I think living long-term in the city in the van can be challenging as well. You have, you kind of have your own space, but you never have your own space. Mm. Um, and I was very fortunate actually that, that, um, the, the lab I work for, they, they actually hosted me in, in temporary housing for two months. Mm. And uh, so so I kind of had two months rent-free as well, and I didn't have to uh, worry about it. 
And then that allowed you time to find a place. Exactly. And are you living yeah. by yourself now? I am. Oh, yeah. Yeah. lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of space. When I first moved in this temporary housing, yeah. it was like, oh my goodness, I can like can jump with my hands in the air and still not touch the ceiling and I didn't know what to do with all the space it was really strange actually. did you feel like you wanted to like fill up the space with stuff or like what was that experience because yeah after being in the van for so long and then yeah or like traveling you know I have some friends um and they they have a great I don't know if they learned it from someone else but it's it's a great kind of uh, philosophy or or just kind of statement that we're like fish and we'll grow to the size of our fishbowl, right? So put us in a big space, we'll fill up the space with stuff. And, and a lot of it is just stuff we don't need. And so I think that's one reason why people feel so, like people feel so at home in a van. You have, you don't need as much stuff. You don't feel like you need it. Mm-hmm. You know, we were just talking to people this weekend and someone offered me, I don't know, I think it was a cup with, with their kind of little like um, Instagram name and stuff on it, their little logo. I was like, it's nice, really nice cup, and thanks for the offer, but I don't really need it. I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have the space. And, and it was great, too, because they just said, yeah, okay, I understand. Totally, they get it. <laughs> so my apartment, I mean, it's still a fairly small apartment. It's basically a studio. Mm. So um, one of the big things was I didn't want to own a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had some friends loan or give me old furniture that I could use to, like, you know, put stuff on the shelf and, yeah. and not have to live in, in boxes and stuff, you know, but so it's nice. Sweet. Yeah. So do you find it challenging to, like, I know today after this magical weekend, you're kind of feeling a bit apprehensive to going back to Denver, to the city. At least that's what I picked up from you. Do you find it a bit challenging to be living in a home or your studio and then have Bob, your van outside? Like, does that feel like a bit of like... Discrepancy for you, or does it feel right right now? Right now, it feels right. Mm. I think, you know, it's Bob's my only vehicle, so mm-hmm. it's not like I just moved into a house and I'm a total, you know, um, urbanite. Urbanite. <laughs> but um, I, I'd say what is challenging is the is balancing the desire to, well, you know, to work my way to being debt free mm-hmm. and to, um, and to you know, do meaningful stuff with, with a career mm-hmm. while also having this incredible desire to, to travel and, and spend time out in nature. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little apprehensive, yeah, about going back to work, but also, you know, it's been an incredible four or five days mm-hmm. meeting some really wonderful people. And, and so my heart feels really full. And mm-hmm. so I think that's, that's one of the things is, is that, you know, really try to, you know, take the time to explore when I can, when mm. I have the time and, and make the most of it so that it kind of fuels me exactly. going forward. Beautiful. I was just thinking, I was just thinking that it fuels you up and allows you to continue on for the week and dive into that passion sure. and then still have yeah the opportunity to get away and experience all this, which is so cool. Yeah. And did you always like have a kind or like, I guess what I'm curious about is when you're back in the city, do you feel as if you have a community as we, as you experience like this weekend or every time you're on the road with friends? It's different. Mm-hmm. It's very different. And I think, I think this goes into the fact that, you know, there's kind of this societal um, mold that a lot of people want to fit in. They want to have their own little apartment. You know, I, 
I see my neighbors and I try to say hi to them and they never really talk to me, which is a really interesting thing, you know? But it's also interesting because when you live in an apartment or a home or something, you don't choose your neighbors, you know? In this community, you choose the people to stay with. You choose the people, whether you want to stay at the site with people, whether you want to move on to the next spot with them. So you get to choose the people you want to be with. Um, certainly, I've made some incredibly great friends in Denver, and it's a really nice, supportive community, but it's also very different, I think. Um, one of the things why I love coming to, um, going to these gatherings and, and meeting up with random people on the road um, is that there's this kind of a lack of a barrier when you, when you meet people in this community, I find, because you're out there, you, you know, you kind of, if you want to make a connection with someone, you got, you have to be who, exactly who you are. You can't put up walls and you can't, um, you can't try to pretend to be someone. You just be who you are. And, and that makes for such more meaningful relationships, I think. And that's why you can meet someone for a day and be like, they're absolutely my friend. I have this deep connection with this person because, you, d you don't have to worry about, well, I go back to this, you know, apartment and I have these neighbors and all this stuff. It's like you living your life and, and you get to share that life with other people. Mm -hmm. mm, I love it. That fires me up. <laughs> what do you think it is that creates the no barriers out here? Like, what is that essence that makes it just like automatic connection? Like we all talk about, it. like I've talked about this with everybody I've podcast with just about, yeah. but it's not, it's not like the van that allows, like it's something about, okay, you're out here doing the same lifestyle. I'm immediately open to you, but what else do you think it is that like creates that like deep connection immediately? I don't know entirely, mm -hmm. but I, I kind of think, at least for me, mm -hmm. I think, um, I mean, I'm a pretty open person. I'm pretty friendly. I like to talk to people and meet new people, but I think it's a shared experience, right? So so it's very much every, a lot of these people in this community are choosing, you know, to live this kind of life, especially the, the, the nomadic ones of us, right? And so we're looking for experiences. We're looking, I mean, trying to live the life we want to live and experience things, and not necessarily have things and and aspire to some you know career objective necessarily. Some people are doing both at the same time, which is really awesome. Mm -hmm. um, but it's more about living your life, and so. And I, and I do think that, that when you can share joy and excitement and, and passion and even um, maybe yeah, some more uh, introspective type things, when you can share that experience mm -hmm. with other people, that is a deep connection because it's really at the core of who you are and what you want to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there's probably also a bit of uh, the fact that if you're especially for those of us that are traveling solo or even just, you know, uh, partners traveling together. When you meet other people, it's nice to have friends on the road. It's nice to see people. You know, in a city, you can, if you live in a city permanently and you have friends that live in the city, you can just mm -hmm. call them up. You're in the same place. But, you know, sometimes you spend a lot of time solo on the road. And so, mm -hmm. so it's nice to have a human connection as well. And so I think there's probably a lot of people also searching for, for some of that mm -hmm. to mix in with the, the solitude that you get. Well said. Yeah, I completely agree. And I also feel like nature plays a big role in that because I feel as if being out here kind of cracks you open to your more authentic self, if that makes sense. Like, I feel as if, yeah, being outside makes me or helps ground me 
to show up as the person I truly am. And so as that's happening to me outside and you're meeting people, I'm just like already there, my best self, I feel. And so you're, and then I feel like that's happening to other people and other people are being more open because they're outside, more connected with nature. And then it's just like flows together, like this beautiful, like human to human connection. Yeah. Yeah. That really resonates with me because I think for me, um, one of the reasons I left Berlin, which is an incredibly vibrant um, mm. uh, city, actually a really great van life community in, in Berlin as well. Really? Yeah, a lot of people live in, in vans in Berlin. There's even, there's this one area of Berlin where um, there's all these vans that park up in this, basically it's a, it's a lot, and they have this big sign above that says, Welcome to Utopia. It's beautiful. No way. It's, yeah. So is it legal there? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's legal to sleep in your van in Berlin? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, think about it. like Berlin. Berlin was an artist city for a long time. It's where artists and vagabonds and people trying to escape uh, normal society they went to Berlin because it was cut off from the rest of the world. It was an area where 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 people of all eccentricities could could be exactly who they wanted to be, and it it's still very much a part of the very much a part of the city's culture. Wow. Even even my friend's grandmother who lives like next to next to the biggest club in Europe, and um, we were talking to her and he said, you know, is it weird seeing all these people, you know, often strung out and stuff and, and, um, going to and from the clubs. And she said, no, that's what makes Berlin beautiful. People can be exactly who they want to be. Yeah. So, but anyways, the, the thing, the thing that I was, the thing that I was missing was really wide expanses of nature and big dynamic nature. Berlin's a cool city and it's surrounded by nice forests and lakes, but I was really missing mountains and coastlines and cliffs and these kind of things and I think a lot of that is because it really humbles you and so you're looking at these mountains you're you climb on top of something you're looking out this expanse you know around you and and it really humbles you and I think mm-hmm. that also kind of like you said it grounds you right mm-hmm. so it's it's a it's, it's kind of putting you in your place in the in the whole spectrum of the world around you Mm-hmm. And you just live in the hustle and bustle of a, of a city as well. I think maybe you don't necessarily find that as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's almost as if, um, or at least for me, I'm constantly stimulated in the city in a way that I don't want to be stimulated. Like, out here I'm stimulated, let me tell you that. <laughs> but <laughs> when I'm in the city, it's just like constantly... I just wrote a poem this morning, actually, about... Uh, the contrast of when I'm living in a city compared to out here and I just feel like I'm always bombarded with these like tasks and obligations that I don't actually resonate with that doesn't actually allow me to be myself it allows me to be who people think I ought to be so yeah I get that I get that for sure yeah and and I also think that you know it's it's cool to spend time in cities as well because Mm -hmm. Because it's it's like this raw culmination of, of human existence, right? That ev- like civilization and mm-hmm. and all these people going around. It's yeah, it is a lot of stimulation, but it's kind of at least maybe from an electrical an intellectual point of view, it's it's interesting to see, you know, all these people like like ants marching through a you know around a a big um, ant hill. Ant hill, yeah. You see all these people kind of marching around doing their things in the yeah. city, but it's it's this civilization that humanity has built. So it's, mm. it's kind of cool to see as well, but, yeah. but I definitely agree that, that, that nature, you know, you find different sort of stimulation and, mm-hmm. and maybe 
allows for a little bit more introspective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that contrast is so important too, right? Like changing the perspectives yeah. also adds like this other beautiful layer of, yeah, just perspective really. Like being immersed in the city and then coming out here and just like noticing what that feels like inside and noticing the different connections you have and the different people and like not any which way is right or wrong. It's just unique for each individual person. Yeah, and so this this brings up a funny thing that my friend that I traveled, this friend from Berlin, that we traveled around Canada for a while, and at some point we we were questioning whether we were getting spoiled by, like, the beauties of nature. It's like we almost needed to go, like, to a city or to a place where we didn't have this beautiful nature because we almost felt, like, spoiled and we wouldn't appreciate it as much. And so now I actually feel like like I get a really nice balance of that being able to go out and, and, and travel when I have time, but then, you know, working in the city as well. And you really learn to appreciate kind of what each has to offer. Mm, nice. Yeah. yeah, that totally makes sense, actually. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's so cool. Like something to look forward to. And like, yeah. To be like really, yeah, like a goal. Like I find that humans work best when we have like a goal in mind or intention. And so whether that's a daily goal or like a weekly goal, you know, like that really helps us strive forward so if your goal is like getting out in nature on the weekend and exploring and connecting with people then your whole week seems to go like smoothly at least for me because you're you have a direct intention in mind that you want to manifest and create yeah and for me you know i work full time and so i it uh, actually allows me to to really focus hard on the work so i get the work done Mm -hmm. and sometimes i get it done you know, it's like 40 hours a week, but sometimes I get that done in, in four days. And so I can take even more time to go out. And so I'm really focused on the, on the work because that's, I know that that's kind of what I need to do to sustain things right now and make, mm-hmm. and make things possible. But then, um, you know, with the intention that work hard now, work hard, play hard, I guess. Totally. <laughs> work hard now and, and then really take the time to enjoy and, and relax. Yeah. That's so good. Do you find it like, do you find that when you finish your work week, you can easily slip into a relaxed state or do you find that takes you a little bit of time sometimes it depends on the week mm. honestly so there's some sometimes when when either you know I have deadlines at work mm-hmm. or um, or I'm just you know really can't stop thinking about how to solve a certain problem mm. um, sometimes I I, I I take that through but I think I've always been good at um, even when I was working on my PhD, I was always very good at, there were a lot of students that would work all weekend and everything. But for me, weekends were my time to recharge and refuel. Mm-hmm. And I think I've always been pretty good at trying to separate the two. Mm. Um, so, so I think most of the time, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I work hard during the week so that I can enjoy my time and, mm-hmm. and spend it how I want. So. I, I totally, that's what I've, that's been my observation of you as well. Like it's been so like, I don't even feel like you work like a full-time job like you just like settle in so well and you're so present I find um with everybody and yourself like it just seems like you're present here your mind's not like anticipating the week that's coming up or like what happened last week I feel like you're very present Mm. so I agree with what you said (laughs) yeah I think it's it's important to I mean so many people take life so seriously Mm. and and well there are certainly elements of life that you should take seriously mm-hmm. at the same time I mean what's the point of living if you can't have fun and enjoy your time that you have right totally yeah, yeah exactly and then so this weekend coming up we're both going to the uh, 
Colorado Van Life Diaries meetup in Basalt. Yeah. Um, and you have been to other meetups before? Or is this going to be your first, like, full-on big one? Oh, no, sorry. You've been to Descend on Bend. I was at Descend on Bend last year. That was, I guess, my first and only real meetup. Okay. Um, obviously had lots of other impromptu meetups as well. Yeah. But that was the first real organized um, uh, gathering I went to, which was an incredible experience. So mm-hmm. if, listeners, if you have a chance to go to Descend on Bend, it's just wonderful. It's really an organic kind of raw... Um, yeah, meeting of people, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Out in the Oregon high desert. So good. I'm so excited. Yeah. And for me, it was actually really great. Cause this, this friend that I traveled with for like six weeks, right. Um, it was kind of our last little hurrah before he headed back to Toronto and then to back to Berlin. Mm-hmm. So it was such a great culmination of our six weeks traveling together that, um, that it was, it was one hell of a way to go out. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome, just go to the bank. Yeah. Okay, so you didn't go to the Teton meetup, did you? I really wanted to, but mm. I was actually um, traveling back to Maryland to see my, my family, and I had to have some work done on the van mm. um, during that time. So then this upcoming weekend's going to be your second one. It'll be my second. Yay! Yeah, first of Me 2019. Too. Fantastic. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I'm very excited. <laughs> and so met yeah met, uh, met a lot of people this past weekend, and also at the Be Hippie event that will be uh, will be there as well, so it'll be mm-hmm. nice to, to reconnect. To connect with everybody, yeah. yeah. Tell me about the song that you sang at the beginning. Yeah, so the song is kind of the first song that I wrote in a whole series that um, is inspired, but loosely inspired, but mm-hmm. really heavily, I guess at this point, inspired by the life of Alexander von Humboldt. So most people probably don't know who that is, but just a hundred years ago, or the turn of the 19th century, he was like a household name. And so I'm probably about to get really jazzed about him because I find him such an inspirational guy. Also, also resonates a lot with, with who I am and my experiences as well. But, um, so Alexander von Humboldt was this naturalist. He was a geologist by, by like training, but he, he was this German naturalist and scientist and he inspired like so many, uh, influential people in in history. So Charles Darwin, for example, everyone knows Charles Darwin, but what they don't know is that Charles Darwin was studying to be an accountant in London, but was reading Humboldt's uh, descriptions of his, of his travels and his exploration. And Darwin said, I don't want to be an accountant. I want to do what Humboldt did. And so he got on the Beagle as just like a, an assistant to the scientist that was going. And it was on, obviously on this, on this trip that he, he took all the observations that led to the discovering the theory of evolution, right? And Humboldt also also inspired Simon Bolivar to lead the revolution of the South American countries um, against the Spanish. And he he convinced Thomas Jefferson to make the Louisiana Purchase. Mm-hmm. And so because he knew all the all the mining prospects that and he loved the at the time, this was during like the the French Revolution, the Napoleonic Wars and all this stuff. And so he he loved this this idea of, of America and the freedom and the, the democracy that they had. So, yeah, really inspirational guy. But um, what he did was he he kind of came up with these ideas of the scales of nature and how how if you stand on top of a mountain and you look down the mountain, you look at all the trees and how they change as you go down. And let's say you're standing on a tropical mountain, like up near the top of the mountain, you have like alpine trees, right? Mm-hmm. And you go down and down and down, you see the tropical trees at the bottom and it's this whole scale of nature. 
and at the time people were studying how how small like looking at these small communities within nature so like an organism and how it only um, uh, lived in small little areas around it but it was it was humble that started breaking down these barriers but not only that he did it in such a way the way he described things he he was a big proponent of saying in order to study nature you need to feel nature and you can't just study it in a lab you need to go out and feel it and experience it and feel the power of it and so that really resonates with me because I did so I did my PhD in in ocean physics and and the reason I got into that field was I've always loved the water but I was I was in Florida at the time and I was doing a lot of surfing and scuba diving and really feeling like so connected to the to the to the oceanic world right mm -hmm. that I was like I need to study this but at the same time I wanted to study it because I was so passionate about it and I cared about how it made me feel and 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 all these things and so I, I read this biography of, of Humboldt, written by Andrea Wolf. It's mm. called The Invention of Nature. It's fantastic, really recommended read. And it's a, it's a really interesting description of this guy's life. And so the whole the thing that set his career off, which is kind of what this, this song was, was based on, is he had this inheritance from being born into a wealthy family when, once his mother died. He used all of that to fund his travel to South America. So the Spanish crown granted him access to all of the, the new world as it was called at the time. And he went and he, he uh, discovered thousands of new species of plants and animals and he climbed up to the top of Cotopaxi which is this, this volcanic, volcano at super high elevation in Ecuador. And, and it was through this, through this whole, his whole youth he dreamt of traveling and dreamt of exploring and going to the tropics and all this stuff and so he finally made it happen and and so this song was kind of a I put myself like okay let's see feel like I'm Alexander von Humboldt and I finally like I need to I need to get out and I need to explore and I need to find out how nature works and and also like do this thing for myself and so so the whole premise behind this song is he's writing a letter to his brother Wilhelm saying um, so that's the brother in the song, mm -hmm. and saying, um, "Yeah, I need to find I need to find a way way to make the dreams of my youth come true, and I need to sail across the sea to the to the South Atlantic and and see all these the forces of nature all intertwined and and so I also threw in a few through lines a few lines from his diaries that um, into the into the song as well. So mm -hmm. he often felt this. When he was working, he felt this strong desire to just go out into nature and to, to and to explore. And so he said, he has this drive inside him that makes he makes him feel like he's losing his mind. And so I try to incorporate all of that. But obviously, it resonates with me as well because I was I was working, living in the city, but I knew I had this this desire and this need for exploration. And I sailed across the Atlantic, sailed Bob across the Atlantic from Germany, mm -hmm. and set out on my own adventure across the, at least North America, and so obviously really resonated with me, and and um, and I think a lot of his life does, so I have another couple other songs that I'm trying to uh, put together, kind of exploring not only this, this desire for exploration and, and discovery, but also I think... I would like to dive into a little bit of the the relationships that he had because mm -hmm. he had some really intense relationships with people um, 
which I also find, you know, so this past weekend, you know, I mean, you and I just met uh, two weeks ago, but really mm -hmm. this weekend, I feel like we really bonded and know a lot about each other and how we, each of us operates, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think, I think all of this stuff resonates so well um, with, with my experience and probably the experience of a lot of other people, because when I've played these songs for people, they really feel, they really feel the connection and power as well. I feel so like I've heard you share this story a couple times this weekend, but it finally just like sunk into my being now and specifically about this desire that Humboldt talks about. Like, I really feel like that's like his soul speaking to him. Yeah. Like that's a direct message. Like, you know, like when he was sitting at work, whatever, and just like wanting to like roam and be wild and free. Like I really feel as if the more we tune in and listen and follow our soul, the happier we are. Like, that's such a clear, clear message to him to travel. And then, like, he followed it, and look what he created for everybody. Right. Like, the world would never be the way it is if it wasn't for him. And Darwin all that, I feel at least, based on what you've more, shared. More things, more things in the world are named after Humboldt than yeah. any other person in history. Exactly. It's incredible, the, the impact that this, this man had by following his dreams, exactly. right? Exactly. That's what I mean. Like, that's it totally end. So if you think about that on, like, a micro scale, if each of us are able to do the work to tune in, to follow our soul, what else can be created? Right. You know, like, what else can be created? Like, for example, this whole podcast and stuff is me following my soul. Like, I basically yeah I deferred my dream job of working as like what I worked for like five years up to to get there and I deferred that because I felt this like deep 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 rooted calling yeah. to be out here yeah and here I am and I feel like it has made a huge impact and like whether that's like just for even 17 people or <laughs> more that's so important to me sure so I just love this is such like a tangible example of the power of following your heart and like following that soul desire those those whispers that we all get but we often ignore them because of like we don't have the time or the place or we don't give it energy which i think is maybe the biggest challenge mm, is what exactly giving it the, the right amount of energy mm -hmm. to dedicate the time to really explore those passions and, mm. yeah. well that's so cool because on santi's last podcast he literally talks about that like we talked a lot about how like it's not van life that allows for all this to happen. This is simply a vessel to create what we want. Like this allows us the opportunity to create, to fine tune what it is that we really want and desire in life. This is just a vessel for that, you know? So it's so, so like, that's why I feel like a lot of us are out here vibing so well because we have the time and space to like, I've watched all of us this weekend go and meditate at different times. Sure. And tune in, right, to what our soul's whispers are. It's so cool. And it really allows you to be yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And so then that feeds back onto what we were talking about earlier is once you can can channel that that um, kind of your internal desires and really um, listen to what you want, then you are free to be exactly who you want to be. Exactly. And, and that's why I think the connections in, in this community are so strong because people are taking that time to be who they want to be and, and they show that to other people, and it's really a beautiful thing. So beautiful. Yeah. Um, I want to know a little bit more about, like, his relationships. Like, tell me a little bit more about that. Like, what is it that, like, intrigues you so much? Or, like, like tell me a little bit more about his relationships. Yeah, so I think one of the one of the more interesting ones is, you know, he, he grew up, his father died at an early age. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was born into a wealthy, a wealthy aristocratic family. 
so you know he had his tutors and everything and and he's the younger brother and always mm -hmm. felt like inadequate compared to his older brother just because his older brother was older but they were taught the same lessons um, but they had this really estranged relationship with their mother especially Alexander because he um, he always kind of craved um, I don't know her acceptance or something but she was always a little bit cold and despondent towards him mm. but also he felt this this need to fulfill her desire after you know not having a father and she was the one that kind of you know set him up for where he was and so he never actually went on this big exploration until she passed away because he always felt beholden to her wishes she wanted him to be an aristocrat she wanted him to work in the in the in the mine um like as a as a professor and ins inspector of mines and stuff like this. She wanted him to work through the through the German bureaucracy, Prussian bureaucracy at the time, I guess. So we always had this strange relationship because he never really felt connected to her. This, this is just the relationship with his mother. He never felt connected to her, but also felt so beholden to her wishes. So I think that's a really interesting aspect to, to investigate. But also, the relationships that he had with other scientists. So this man's, like, ultimate passion was, like knowledge and discovery and and so at the time um you know most of the educated people were were men and so he had these really in, intimate relationships with men um not sexual that we know of at least but um at least it, very intellectual um mm. intimate relationships and so there's you know he wrote letters to and he was also very he got very lonely at times as mm -hmm. well so he would write letters to people saying like like he just feels like he couldn't live without them because you know they they go through these shared discoveries together and scientific discoveries and and um, and since you know he had this passion about nature as well not only ex uh, experiencing it but also learning about it like when you go through a a really deep dive into something you discover something brand new like that's mm -hmm. a very powerful thing I think mm -hmm. you discover something about nature and and he also worked with a lot of people that were not the same the same background as him. So like botanists, mm. he, you know, he had training in geology and knew a lot about kind of physical sciences, but, you know, the life sciences he didn't know so much about. He had a really great relationship with Goethe. So Goethe was, is like one of the most famous German poets. Mm. He wrote the, the play Faust. And, and so it just so happens that, that, um, that Humboldt was in, well, his brother Wilhelm was living, um, in, in Jena or, or Weimar, which were like kind of the intellectual um, centers of, of Prussia at, at the time. But he would go down there and he met Goethe, and so Goethe is this poet, right, and has this, this wonderful like way to describe the world in very beautiful ways. And I think, I think Humboldt learned a lot from him, but what I think a lot of people probably don't know about Goethe is he also loved the natural world, mm. and he got a lot of his inspiration from the natural world. Um, so the two of them together, like they would, they would go through these scientific discoveries and then they, or they'd go to like lectures and then mm. they would take walks through the forest and then they would, and Goethe kind of helped him formulate this idea that, that you really have to experience nature and you have to feel the passion of it to, to go in and really make a discovery and really know you need to feel. Mm. And so, um, so yes, he he, he kind of had these really intense relationships with people that he formed often like very quickly, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of it just came from again shared experience of discovery in this sense, um, and and it's just amazing hearing him write 
to some of his his friends saying like how much he missed them and and how much he desired to to be near them and, and have you know these long these long walks or these long conversations and deep dives into things but not only so and then <laughs> i love this guy this, yes. he's just so incredible right yes. so, so also we could talk. also yeah i could talk about him for hours we could do a whole podcast just about him yeah but he um he also was one of these people that he goes into a room mm -hmm. and everyone wants to hear his stories because mm -hmm. because he has amazing discoveries like he climbed up Cotopaxi this 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 volcano and i think i was reading somewhere that he got higher than anyone else has gotten um until like 15 years ago and the the dude was hiking up the mountain with like all sorts of heavy scientific equipment and in just like leather boots and i mean the guy is impressive right so so these people would want to hear all his stories about all the crazy places he'd been, but also he knew everything about everything. So like talking about how the, you know, how galaxies are formed and, and how all these different scales of nature like work together and, and people just listen to him and they, they could not get another word in. So he would be like the, like the guest of honor and no one else would talk cause he would just be talking the whole time. But, but just an amazing, like amazing guy. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. Like, it's so incredible, too. I'm sure, like, everybody who's listening to this can, like, feel the energy. But it's <laughs> so amazing to witness you in it. And it just makes me think about, it just makes me think about one of our friends this weekend who said that you are kind of, like, a reincarnation in a way of him. Or, like, you're just, like, you're so, like, you're carrying his passion. And that's so amazing to witness. Like he's obviously like a role model, an inspiration, something that you feed off of because you're creating music. And I feel like you've also like integrated or maybe created your life to be a bit like his, like you're inspired by him. Yeah. So it's so cool to watch that, like watch you live off his passions and like make them your own. Cause that's so cool. Like when you do that, I feel like it's very contagious and everybody else gets like passion and wants mm -hmm. to know more and, it's so neat. I, I think there are people like that in history as well. And, and that's why so many people, I think, were inspired by him mm -hmm. as well. Just because he had that passion and it was, it was clear. Mm -hmm. But also, I mean, he was able to do some really incredible things with, with his skill set and mm -hmm. like, by following his passion. Well, and that, that really makes me think like the, uh, the concept of his mom, in a sense, holding him back, right? Makes me think a lot about how freaking important it is to follow the soul whispers no matter what. Like a small example is often I see like relationships, like intimate relationships, where you're being held back in a way. And it's so amazing to see what's created when you just speak your truth and on yourself and go for it. And I, I completely agree. And I think that there's probably quite a few people listening as well that you know are interested in in doing this whole van life thing mm -hmm. but but maybe feel hold, held back by by certain certain reservations as well but you know of course it's it's good to have have a plan and everything mm -hmm. but it's also it's so important to to follow your desires and dreams and at least listen to them exactly and you also know? ask what is holding me back yeah like what is it that is holding me back from going to something i really want to go into mm -hmm. Yeah, and is it, is it something I have control over? Is it something that I can change? Do, do, can I manifest that change myself? Or is it, you know, really something that I just, like, don't have the capabilities to do it right now? Yeah. And that's, that's fine as well. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a really good point. I like that. 
Huh. I'm really tempted to read the poem that I wrote this morning because I feel like it's very fitting to um, actually Humboldt's story and also your song. Yeah, we should hear it. Like I, yeah. Okay. Do you want to grab on the chair? Yeah, sure. Here I go. You want some music in the background while you read it? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. we can try that. Okay. Like, this is like a very um, organic thing. A mellow. Yeah. Hmm. You start and then I'll... That poem is called This Feeling. This feeling, deeply rooted in my soul, it's not going anywhere. It does not leave. This feeling, it waxes and wanes, but in the end, it remains. This feeling, it longs to be free. It craves the open road, constantly nudges me in the direction of connection of community. This feeling, it, is, it has had enough of separateness. It is fed up with the typical expectations, the pressure constantly pouring down, breaking down people. Like a tea kettle about to burst, people's minds about to explode. This feeling is so deeply rooted in my soul. It is imprinted in my being. It's not going anywhere. This feeling is here to stay. Oh, that's beautiful. And it really fits well, doesn't it? Yeah. It totally does. Yeah. Thank just, you for sharing. Thanks for letting me be vulnerable and, <laughs> and listen to that. Yeah. It's just so cool because I feel, um, yeah, it's just amazing, like, the synchronicity of, like, his story and your song and, and then what I just wrote this morning. Like, it's all so fitting and, Yeah. Yeah, and maybe it ties into just some deep thing that's inside all of us, right? Just to feel feel humbled, feel passionate, feel grounded, and feel inspired. Feel humbled. <laughs> <laughs> that's the saying. <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks for showing that music in the background, too. That was beautiful. Yeah. Maybe we should like practice more of that. I like that. Yeah, Having really music nice. in the background and yeah. creating poem. Yeah. So cool. Um, so where do you see yourself within the next year? Within the next year, I'll probably kind of keep doing what I'm currently doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I expect to, what's, what I'm really happy about is I'm, I expect to be debt free within the next couple of months, mm -hmm. pay off all my student loans and credit card bills and everything. Hope to kind of build a little base there. And then I think ideally, um, to be able to do a combination of work and travel, you know, I, f I find I find it makes me feel really good to you know to do work that I think can impact the world in a positive way um, and but then also I want to fulfill my dreams of, of travel and exploration and stuff as well and have you always had I wanted to ask you this earlier have you always had that desire to like travel and see the world or was it more so inspired by like it must have been there before absolutely but was that at a young age or when did that kind of come into fruition I think I always did mm. and and probably I, I owe a great deal of gratitude to my parents for this because mm. um, when I was young my parents loved being outdoors mm. and, and camping and exploring as well and um, we grew up in in Lake Tahoe until I was about nine years old I think um, before we moved to the East Coast mm. and every summer we'd be out you know, our, our family vacations were out, like, camping and 
exploring. And I always felt like even when I was, you know, in, in grad school or working jobs or whatever in a, in a city or a town, I always felt after a certain amount of time, if I hadn't been in nature, I felt this like pull, I have to go out. Even just if I go hike for a day, but usually it was like, I need to go camp for the weekend or something. And, and, um, so I always felt like I, I needed that in my life mm-hmm. and whether or not it's, it was seeing the world, which I ended up doing anyway. I moved, you know, to another country and mm-hmm. across the, across the ocean. But, but I think more so just the idea of, of, of exploring and, mm-hmm. and learning. So I think that's, like I said, I think it's kind of in all of us in some mm-hmm. way or form. Mm-hmm. Um, we just need to find the right way to, to experience it. And to tune, like, to turn it on. Exactly. And to acknowledge that that's within us. Yeah. Also, you have been everywhere. <laughs> Even, like, South Africa. Yeah. Where else have you been? Um, I haven't been to Asia or Australia. Okay. But, so those, those may be on my list. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I've been to, to North and South Central America, mm-hmm. Europe, South Africa, to Canada. Antarctica. You've been to Antarctica? Yeah, when I was studying oceanography, I got to go on a research cruise that we went down to the Antarctic Circle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Which, it was really amazing. You have these, um, you probably see it at, at really high northern latitudes as well, but you know, the sunsets and sunrises would last for like two hours. It was just beautiful. And then you're just really out there on the ocean. No civilization, no other people other than the ones on the ship. See, so like, penguins and whales and seals and oh, albatross God. and yeah so magical yeah oh, very fortunate to have had all the experiences that i've had mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Yeah. and like of course you would of course all these experiences have happened to you because you're open and you're listening and you're along the right path like yeah. that's what i believe like when we follow uh the path that's meant for us or that we want everything aligns perfectly the people you meet show up and the more like you do the work the more other people around you inspired to do the work and they show up as well and it's just this like beautiful domino effect of co-creation really totally everything that like shows up in your life yeah and has your does your like your parents support this lifestyle like you like it sounds like they do because they always brought you out like traveling and stuff but when you dived into the whole like van lifestyle did they support that or so this is really funny okay um they were a little bit weird they thought it was weird that I was buying an old German fire truck, mm-hmm. but once they saw it, what I was doing with it, they were, they kind of got it. But I didn't know until, um, like five months after I bought this van and I've been doing so much work on building it out. My dad said, Oh yeah. You know, like between college, I had a van that I lived in for, you know, several months. <laughs> and so of course they support it because, you know, they kind of lived that lifestyle themselves. Whoa. So, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, really funny. Huh. So, I, so it's just perfect for like they it just aligns obviously with their yeah do. Yeah. Which is also an important point because I feel like everybody thinks this like van lifestyle is new. It's like it's been around since I don't even know when, but like the well no I don't no like since the fifties. Like this is not new. It's almost just like people are desiring this freedom yet again. Like yeah. there was like it used to be you know like the sixties for example is all about peace, love, sex, and freedom. (laughs) And I feel like that's like coming full circle yet again. And whether actually it's the fact that people had to like push down that desire and now we're like refinding that desire, or I don't know exactly what the shift is, 
but it's just really important to note that this is not like a brand new thing you know like this has been explored lots from all over the world at all different times yeah i mean people have been nomads since like our existence right exactly so, so i think it's just kind of yeah it's it's van life but it's it's really just kind of nomadic mobility or mm -hmm. vagabond lifestyle you know just having the freedom to roam and experience mm -hmm. freedom to roam <laughs> that's gonna be the next title of your next song <laughs> yeah i love that yeah oh well thank you for sharing all this with me do you feel as if there's anything else you'd like to share i mean i know you and i can talk forever but yeah we probably could yeah <laughs> no i think you know i've expressed my love for mm -hmm. for exploration and and i hope that you know people have the chance to kind of also maybe learn about uh, Humboldt, mm, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of been one of my passions over the last year and a half. Mm -hmm. Someone bought me this this biography and it was probably one of the greatest gifts that I've ever been given because it's it was such an inspirational story and, and really mm -hmm. brings out, as we talked about this whole last hour or so, mm -hmm. really brings out a lot about, you know, who we are as, as people and I think what a lot, of, a lot of people, at least in this community, you know, share. And what was the title of the book again? It's called The The Invention of Nature okay. by Andrea Wolf. W U L F. I'm gonna get it. Yeah. And I'm gonna listen to it. I I love audiobooks, so okay. I'll probably get it on Audible and listen to it and then we can talk even more. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I can talk about Humble all day as you I'm sure you're aware. <laughs> totally. Um well, would you like to play one last song? Sure. On here and yeah. Sure. So and before that, I'll just say um, thank you so much for sitting here with me. I'm really glad we got to do this. And, um, yeah. Okay, yeah, so this is kind of the second song I wrote in that series. And this is, so if you just picture yourself kind of on top of this, this mountain, this song is, is Humboldt, when he finally leaves Europe, the, the first stop they make is in the Canary Islands. And... Um, he climbed up Tenerife, the, the volcano on, the, on this island, and he's looking down and kind of really starting to formulate some of these ideas. But also he's a bit despondent, thinking about, okay, I'm leaving, finally leaving Europe. Very excited that I'm on this journey that I've dreamt of since I was a child, reading the stories of, you know, James Cook and all these explorers and stuff. But also, you know, so very excited, but also thinking a bit about all the stuff he's left behind and, and home and, and the people, you know, in his life. Um, but also how he can kind of compare the things that he's learned to the new stuff that he's about to see. Okay, let's hear it. Yeah. Sunrise, I'm 
casting off lights I'm sailing on westward and taking my time I'm climbing up mountains just to hear the birds sing It's the fields, it's the forests, it's everything of home So high above the world Nature can be so soothing to a, a tormented mind. So I go into the wilderness tonight. I'm waking at sunrise, I'm casting off lines. Yeah, I'm sailing on westward. Climbing up mountains just to hear the birds sing. It's the fields, it's the forest, it's everything. And I'm thinking of home. Sometimes you got to just keep on moving, yeah. It's so hard to find. But I've been searching for this my whole life. So I'm making that sunrise, I'm casting off lights, I'm sailing on westward. Climbing up mountains just to hear the birds sing. It's the fields, it's the forests, it's everything. I'm thinking of home. Oh. Uh -huh.
thank you so much. So beautiful. <laughs> thank you. I really got into that one. <laughs> you really got into that one. Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Yeah. I could listen to that forever. Yes, thanks. Wow. Well, I'm speechless after that whole episode. That was so magical having Austin here and having him share his love for Humboldt and his music and his creativity. Um, thank you for tuning in and please come back on Thursday to hear another amazing story of another nomad. Bye-bye.